Hello friends, hoping this message finds you well today. Today is likely going to be part contemplation, part practice. We'll just see how it unfolds. Before we jump in, take a deep mindful inhale. And on the exhale, let everything go. Mudita, mudita. Have you heard that word before? It's an ancient Pali word, and it loosely translates to mean appreciative joy or sympathetic joy. In other words, it's the joy of appreciating the good fortune of others. Are you familiar with this kind of joy? It's not exactly our main source of joy, is it? In our culture, in the West, the joy or happiness that most of us are familiar with is what? Self-gratification, right? It arises as a result of getting what we want. We do already have appreciation practices that we might engage, and we call this gratitude practice. But this gratitude is still centered around ourselves. What do we have in our own personal life that will make us feel connected to happiness? Now, when do you usually feel happy? Take a look at your own life. When you get a promotion, when you're going on a vacation, maybe when you're on your favorite hike. Our happiness is often rooted in these kinds of things. Getting life to go our way or getting our ducks in a row, so to speak. But what about someone else's ducks? What about when someone else is living the best life? So how do you feel when someone else's business is crushing it and you're still waiting around begging for your first sale? Or you're scrolling on Instagram and you see someone out hiking and you're stuck in your office? The typical response is not joy and appreciating their good fortune. What do you feel on average? Maybe jealous, frustrated, anxious, maybe disappointed in yourself. These are all normal, but they're normal because we live in a culture that conditions us not to celebrate other people's wins, but to compare ourselves to them. And then we end up stuck in cycles of anger, jealousy, disappointment in the face of hearing about how well other people are doing in life. And this response is so human. It's so human, but it's not your natural state. It's your conditioned human state. So, mudita, getting back to that, it's a pillar of Buddhist practice. And when cultivated, it will lead to an experience of a deeper sense of peace, freedom, and real joy. And this has been my experience, and I invite you to look into this and see if maybe it can be yours too. Now, telling you to give up your habit of comparing yourself to others and to just start feeling happy for them instead isn't very helpful. Maybe you're already aware that you're comparing yourself and that it isn't serving you and is a source of a lot of your stress. But has that awareness been enough to help you change the habit? Probably not. Right? Intellectual knowing doesn't often lead to direct embodiment. Because comparison is the symptom of a deeper-rooted disease. I love this part, you guys. Comparison is the fruit of a particular seed that was planted in your mind. And you'll be a lot more successful at uprooting the habit of comparison if you uproot the seed, not just pick the fruit off. I think of it like this. The behaviors 
the patterns, the habits that you have, they are all the branches or the fruit on the tree. And most of the time, we try to get rid of those behaviors or habits by directly attacking them, right? We try to pick the fruit off or cut the branches off, but the tree itself is still alive and it's just going to produce more branches and more fruit. Mudita is also a fruit, okay? And it's hard for someone to try to grow this fruit if they have a seed and a tree of comparison in themselves. You're not going to grow mudita if your tree is a comparison tree. So what does the seed of mudita look like? How can you plant this new tree and move away from comparison and into nourishing this new fruit of being happy for everyone's happiness, not just your own? First off, you stop putting all your energy into controlling the behavior and you start to look at the underlying beliefs. Behaviors are the result of beliefs. Beliefs are the seeds. If you change your beliefs, you change the seed of the types of trees that you're planting in your mind and you in turn end up with different fruit. Does that make sense? If mudita is appreciating the good fortune of others, in other words, being happy for someone else's win, what kind of mentality does that require? What is the seed that will bring this state of being naturally to fruition? What kind of beliefs and mindset are at the root of this way of life? Well, first of all, it's pretty obvious. It's a win-win mindset. It's a mindset where there is a shared experience, where you're no longer thinking in terms of you versus them, me versus them. There's an us. It's a mindset of being connected and being one with others. So their joy automatically becomes your joy and vice versa. If you walk through life from the perspective of being totally connected to others and you are not separate from them, right? That is your underlying belief that you are one with other people. You automatically feel their wins as your wins. You don't have to try. The connection makes that happen. So the seed for mudita is the belief in oneness. And comparison is the opposite, right? Have you ever explored the underlying source of comparison? It causes so much pain for people, so much anxiety, depression, and stress, yet we continue to ignore the roots of comparison. Again, we don't really look at it. We're so busy trying to cut off the branch or pick the fruit. In other words, we're so busy focused on stopping the behavior of comparison without actually understanding the root and the belief and the mentality underneath it. So it's not surprising that it continues to be an issue. What do you really know about it? Comparison arises when you hold the perspective that you are a separate self. Now, I'm going to plant these seeds and don't take them as fact if you haven't experienced them yourself. Okay, make some notes in your journal and contemplate them. Look for the truth. You will not only understand this on the level of the mind, but when you understand it fully because you've experienced it and you've looked for truth, you automatically embody the wisdom and your life changes as a result. Comparison can only exist when you have a belief that there is a you and there is a them. There is a me 
and there's a you. When you decide that you are completely and totally separate from someone or something, you end up with two things, right? An object and a subject. The object is the other person that you're comparing to, and the subject is you who is doing the comparing. The belief at the root of comparison is I am a separate self and need to compete with everyone for my own well-being. But is this true? Or is it just a belief that you absorbed somewhere and now subconsciously live by? What if we are all connected on some level? What if we dissolve the idea of separateness and start to live in the reality of our energetic connection? Because separateness is an idea, yes? How do you know that you're separate from others? You might say, well, day, I can see it. My body stops here in my skin and that person is sitting over there. I'm not touching them. We are separate. There's me and there's them. Okay, yes, good start. But is your body who you are? Hmm? Do you begin and end in this physical form? Is this all that you are? Your physicality may be separate. Yes, good point. But is that all of you? Is the whole you separate? The reason I'm encouraging this exploration is because these beliefs are the cause of our chronic stress and suffering. And until we look at them and look for the truth, instead of assuming that we know the truth because our minds have believed something to be true, we will stay in these cycles of stress. Those trees of comparison or doubt or anxiety or whatever it is that you're working with, they will stay rooted in the ground. And regardless of how many times you go after it and try to change your behavior and control yourself, you're just focusing on cutting off the branches or picking the fruit. But the tree will remain there. And so will your patterns. One of the great ways to dissolve stress is to come to know the truth. So what happens when we dissolve the idea of me versus you or us versus them? We dissolve the belief of our separateness. We end up with just oneness, right? If we are not separate, if there are not two things here, me and you, and there is only one thing, can comparison exist? How do you compare oneness? There's only one thing. Let's say you just have one apple and absolutely nothing else, just the apple. Can you engage the habit of comparison? No. All, pol all polarizing thoughts of comparison can only exist when you and me are separate when there is a separate you and a separate me. But if you have an experience and understanding of a different belief, the belief that we are all connected, that we are all the same, the Tao, then comparison dissolves on its own. You automatically uproot that tree when you uproot those beliefs. So the loving action of mudita of being happy when someone else is happy will be a natural response in your being when you're coming from oneness. Your mind is no longer viewing them as a separate being. 
They're not better than you and you are not worse than. There is just one shared energy of joy. How amazing does that feel? I love that. Happiness or joy when you appreciate the good fortune of others. That's mudita. Now, until you come to explore this more deeply and experience a sense of oneness and know it as truth, comparison will probably be your go-to reaction. That tree has been there a long time. And in order to shift this, there are two practices I recommend. The first is very simple. So write down the following. Three steps to embody mudita. Step number one. Recognize separateness or comparison. Recognize separateness or comparison. So how does that show up for you? Maybe in body tension. Maybe you notice negative self-defeating thoughts. Oh, he's so much more successful than me. I'm such a failure. Or, you guys, this is a sneaky one. Maybe you catch yourself downplaying someone else's wins. Why would we do that? Because your ego or your sense of self has started to feel threatened by someone else's rising up that you want to hold them down so you don't feel so low. But again, those ideas and those beliefs come from this idea of me versus them. So recognize that. Then step number two, breathe. Take a mindful inhale. And on the exhale, let any tension in your physical body soften. Step number three, repeat and feel into the affirmation. I'm happy for their happiness. Here is joy. And then feel into the shared joy. So the statement, I'm happy for their happiness, is still divisive. There's still a separateness there. But when you note that, and then take it one step further and say, here is joy. I connect with joy. You're moving into that space of oneness and shared experience. So soften your separateness and feel into it. The second practice I want to offer is a deeper one. It's a meditation on exploring the truth around separateness or around oneness. It's a guided five-minute practice to draw you towards experiencing this truth on your own. I was going to add it here, but this turned out to be a longer conversation than expected. So I will add it as its own recording. I encourage you to check that out and to continually come back to it. It's not meant to be used once and then forgotten. My recommendation is to commit to the five-minute seated practice for 21 days straight. Make the exploration of oneness your intention for 21 days. Use your journal during this time to explore this. Who am I? Am I a separate self? Is it possible that I am connected to others in a way that I cannot see with my eyes? Start to explore those beliefs. Am I separate? Is there a connection between me and someone else? Is there a oneness, a shared experience of life? And start to explore that. I will leave it at that for today.
Thank you for being here. Life is such a wild ride and truth seeking is not always favored by the ego. So it can feel really jarring and uncomfortable. And most people get really impatient with it because this is the long end game. You're in it for the long haul when you're truth seeking. You're not here to just temporarily soothe yourself and feel better or comfortable. So I see you. I encourage you to keep going. You got this. Blessings for a wonderful day. I will catch you in our next contemplation session.